Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Diving In Podcast. We are in Wreck Philly, that's Shout right. Wreck. Yep, we made it out of my mama's basement for at least one episode. Um, but yeah, beautiful new Wreck facility in uh, Marcus Street in downtown Philly. Beautiful place. I'm here with my co-host Mario. What's good, y'all? How y'all doing? And we got another guest for you today. We got Nick Toons, the one and only Mr. Yes, Miller same. here today. Yes, what's going on? Yeah, yeah say what's up. Happy yeah. to be here. Appreciate y'all having me. Yeah, we'll do. We're excited. And we got a shitload to talk about, a lot to uncover here today. So um, stay tuned, and I hope you enjoy. Right, let's dive in. Alrighty, so Mr. Miller, my guy. Let's um I guess let's start off like we always start off. Why don't you Well first let me like what are you doing with your life here? We know so I know you're pursuing cartoonist. You have a steady day job that pays the bills. Mm-hmm. We'll get into that. Um we're currently here because of your subscription to the Rock Philly uh center, so we appreciate, appreciate that. you that. Yeah. My pleasure. You're making us feel like big timers, dude. I feel like man, I feel like we made it already. <laughs> this might be our last episode. I right. mean, we made it. <laughs> now nah, I'm fucking around, but um, but yeah. So you're in Philly now, but you haven't always been. So let's start there. Yeah, yeah. Where are you from originally? All right, so let's we, go. We're gonna have to hop around the map a little bit. To yes, like please. Get through the the origins to the, the present present scenario. But for me, uh, born in Melbourne, Florida, raised in Huntsville, Alabama, um, grew up there from six to through high school, really. Where? Huntsville, uh, Alabama? Huntsville, Alabama. So that's North Alabama, about as north as you can go. Okay. Uh, you know, the quarter uh, six, Rocket City. Uh, <laughs> I don't think anybody know where that's at. Other people, if any of my people are listening to it, you know, they'll, 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 they'll know what I'm talking about. Q6, Rocket You a Crimson Tide fan? Two, or? Five, six. Yeah, where's that in relation oh, man. to? See, that's so that's the that's the critical question. Oh, shit. Sure. I mean, people are going to hate on me for Should it. I start like, something? I don't have, I don't particularly have an allegiance having been born in Florida. And growing true, up true. in Alabama, like it's kind of like you you come out the womb and they hit you with the shot, whatever <laughs> whatever your family like tends to represent. Most people right. go along with their family's team. One hundred percent. I had uh, some of my homeboys that I played football with in high school went on to play for Bama. So, um, that's during, a team during their championship really? run. So I support my people. You know, what I'm saying I support yeah. my own. Um, actually, one of my one of my teammates from that time, Reggie Ragland, is playing in the Super Bowl tomorrow. Oh, word! He's no, doing the Chiefs so. now. So yeah, what's his name? What position? Uh, Reggie linebacker. Okay, yeah, so Reggie, Reggie Ragland, man. Are right, we gonna be on the lookout for him tomorrow? No way, dude. Bet, How bet. do you know this guy? We played ball together in high school. Really? I was the bench warmer. I gotta say that too. Mm-hmm. I'm listening right now. <laughs> nah, I'm thinking bro. About it. It's like, nah, man, Nick, you ain't play ball, man. You. <laughs> I was on the team. I was on the bench. Nah, you got in a couple snaps though. You learn the game best from observing, and that's that's what I got to well, say well, about that. That's you got in a couple snaps. snaps. You got yeah, it. I got some snaps. I busted my knee up real bad once upon a time. I hope that during the Chiefs reach out to us, he's like, man, I don't know that fool. Yeah, I never heard of that guy. So grew up in Alabama, like I said. Graduated from high school. Took a took a trip down to Tallahassee, Florida, where I went to Florida A and M University, um, also known as FAMU, down in Tallahassee, Florida. I had an extended extended trip down in Tallahassee. I was down there for about six years Uh doing the school thing. Uh, Graduated from there and took my first job in Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, So hold up, hold up. So what what made your 
decision to go back to Florida or to go to Florida? Like, did you want to go back yeah. to your roots, like uh, where you were born? There, and stuff, there's or? an extent of that. So when I first, first, first moved to Alabama, I did not want to leave. Right, I didn't want to yeah. move from Florida. I had my, you know, you're a little kid. You think you got Plus, your you don't friends? Know, yeah, you don't you know, know what's going on. Boys for life. So like, yeah. I'm like six years old, and I'm, I'm, I was a good kid, but like. I started ass passing out a little bit once we moved, like getting in trouble because I didn't want to standing out. I was yeah. acting out. I didn't yeah, want to yeah. be away from my people. I had to make new friends, new classes, and all of that stuff. Right. Yeah, it don't but, surprise um, me. So for a long time, I didn't claim Alabama. Like growing up, mm. like, no, I'm from Florida. Florida. I'm not from yeah, Alabama. Alabama. Yeah. So you know, eventually, I like Florida. My too, years like. in my years in Alabama started to trump my years in Florida. So like I tell people, ask me where I'm you from. You grew I right. Tell them I'm Alabama kind of growing. As you um, got older But when it came down To making the decision So both of my parents Are college educated as well And they both went to HBCUs And like for the sake Of the listeners That may not be aware Like a HBCU Is a historically Black college or university Right right And so that's always Been a part Your Of family. my Surroundings. My grandmother went to the same school As my mother That went to the same school As my father That's where they met And uh that was just always something that I had on my yeah. books. HBCU culture, tailgates, football, facts, the facts. band. Yeah. You got um, that in your blood. And the scholarship. This has been a part of my world. So their circle of influence as well. Which school did they go primarily to? Primarily went to HBCU. So in Huntsville, uh, Alabama A&M University Alabama. Okay. is in Huntsville. And um, that's the school both of my friends. In Alabama, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hold on. So, you, so your mom's mom went to Huntsville and, and – then your mom what moved to Florida and had you and then yeah she so moved we can, back we can talk about that we can talk about that so like background and we don't have to no nah, it's, cool, it, it's cool like, it's cool it's, it's, rele- it's, it's relevant to where you at right it's now. relevant to like me yeah and to, to how and who and you are now yeah. who I am so, so Alabama like, and Florida's been here twine back and yeah back and so my family both of my parents families based in Alabama and, and kind of always have been as far as I can go Ooh, back so you might be an Alabama kid in the end of this so like. My grandmother, her family was in Bessemer, Alabama, which, like, it's Black History Month officially today. So, like, uh, the civil ri- a lot of the civil rights activity was around that mm-hmm. Birmingham, Bessemer pocket. Yeah, so, yeah. Bessemer is, is essentially Birmingham for anybody that that uh, is That's unfamiliar. Yeah, yeah. Sure, so, there's deep history in there, too. So, my grandmother went to Alabama A&M as well. Huntsville is about an hour and a half north of Birmingham. Uh, right before you cross over the state line into Tennessee. Right. So she went there, ended up being a teacher from pretty much graduation through retirement. So that's a big part of education has been hmm. like a major push. Who's this, uh, your grandma? my family. Mm-hmm. Well, was she that's in your life up, as your grandma? Yeah, yeah, Especially when you moved back alive. to Alabama. That's, that's my last living grandparent. Is, really? Is this grandmother. I bet I'm she's still teaching you shit. To always. Make sure you call her. I really need to. I really do. So my mother ended up going up to the same school. My dad's from a little bit further south, and he's still from, in, he's from, he's still in Alabama. Alabama. He's okay. southeast, more rural, bro, a lot yeah, more you, rural. you're from Alabama, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you're from my Alabama. Mother, like, Bessemer being outside of Birmingham is, like, more urban. Uh, my dad's from, like, a more rural area. Okay. Okay. Um, but he came what up. What do you do to make his living? That's Everything long, under the sun? That's a longer story. <laughs> He's currently self-employed. Uh, both of my parents oh, went man. to school for engineering. So that's like so we'll you, eventually you got talk a very about well my entrepreneurial. Family. We'll talk about my yeah. entrepreneurial 
um, aspirations yeah. and whatnot. So your mom didn't want to follow that education ladder? She kind of uh, took those lessons and learned instead yeah, of wanting yeah, to like, learn, teach others? That's where can I, it's, part of it is like about building a life, building a career, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And, and this is something that I won't say just pocket pigeonhole it to the black community, but like go to school for something that you can make a living off of is, is something that a lot of parents who have gone to school mm-hmm. would probably push on their child. Like, First for, what, like especially in that generation, right? Like especially yeah. in the gen- the baby boomer generation. Yeah, right, it's right. not going to be like, ah, go study, you know, Asiatic sciences. <laughs> go, stu- go study like... Agriculture? You know, <laughs> yeah, nah, that, that's hey. fair too. So, so that's so that's how that happened. My parents met in college. Um, my dad graduated before my mother. His job took him down to Central Florida. Florida Some engineering gay guy, I assume? Yeah. And then so they eventually ended up getting engaged like even before her graduation or right after her graduation. So pretty much when she graduated, she came down there as well. And an interesting part of the story, she had the engineering degree, but then she came down there without like a gig. Ended up being a receptionist at the same place my dad worked. Eventually a conversation Hmm. with one of the big wigs in there turned into you know, like, tell me about yourself conversation like we're having right now. Man finds out she has an engineering degree, so I was like, what mm. the hell are you doing as the receptionist? Right, well, I, I was just asking that question yeah. myself. And fast forward, man, that's my mother got her gig. So in my early life, both of my parents worked at the same company, a uh, company called Harris Aerospace Missile Defense kind of company. Harris, bro. you said? Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. So you got the whole story, bro. That's yeah, yeah. Because I, I, I talk to them about this stuff, right. man. As somebody who's trying to... I've walked into their footsteps, and after a certain point, mm-hmm. the path's going to diverge because I don't do what they do, do for right. a living. Yeah, yeah. But if I can understand, but you some understand of the, how the hurdles and yeah. steps that had to get taken to get there, then I can try to, you know, govern my success a little bit yeah. as well. And this I is sick. Now we got like you're a really Mr. intellectual Miller, man. Yeah. Yo. We got you're the really Mr. Miller origin story there right we go. here. Yeah. So, so what? Uh, so again, so let's get back. So going back to Florida High, getting down to how you got there, making my college decision. So applied to How multiple many schools. schools. We thinking uh, like four or five? Maybe like ten. six or seven. Okay. Six or seven. How were how were you as a high school student? Four point plus. Yeah, right. Damn, so you was a smart, you serious? smart dude. Yeah, I could tell, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, you were really smart. You took dude. that shit seriously. Like smart. Uh I did because but that was because that was my household though. Like school uh, okay. was Very school straight. was serious. For now was your me. grandma living with yeah. you? Like nah, was she, okay. I would go to her you in would the be, summertime. Yeah. She was in your life. I would though. go to yeah. her in the summertime. And like, she so wanted, a punishment for me, man. I like, used to put it in perspective. Like my dad's a very, like, he's a disciplinarian for sure. Mm-hmm. So like in my youth, even like a punishment, like there was some corporal punishment involved, but it also came with like go to the C page in the dictionary, and, <laughs> like, like copy down, words. copy like handwrite all the C's. Until I get back home. I'd rather have my ass You don't just get one or the other. Like, it's like you get both. I remember a summer. Are I you got an only child, too? No, nah, I got a little brother, and little I bro. also have an older half-brother. Um, shout out to the fam. Uh, mm-hmm. Shout out Kelvin. Shout out Nigel. They both born in Florida as well? My or? brother was born. So the year we moved to to Alabama was the same year my brother okay. was born. So he was a baby when we moved. So even if you're a Floridian, he's straight yeah. Alabama. Yeah. Are you guys all around the same age range? Or? My brother brother is six years younger than me. Okay. He is currently a junior at Jackson State University in Jackson, Mississippi, which is also HBC. Yeah, that's, that's what's up, bro. Um, and my brother, that's he really still lives around where my dad is from, entrepreneur, entrepreneur self-employed, multi-talented artist uh, as well. Alabama, right? Mm-hmm. 
What's he doing? Oh uh, man, he he does hair. He cooks, um, caters large events, interior decorates. So a man of many talents. Many so. talents. Oh, many we'll give talents. him a shout-out. Yeah, shout yeah. He bam bam to me, but shout-out to him. Shout-out to my older brother. Um, <laughs> all right, so when I applied to all these schools, man, my goal for my parents, and like I'm, I'm blessed. I told you all about my parents' background, and so what comes with that is some, some when managed properly, what comes with that is f- some financial comforts and liberties. So if I needed school to be paid for mm-hmm. i probably would have had that support from my parents right but it was my personal goal to get scholarships to not have stuff. my parents have yeah. to pay for any of my school right okay um, you so had that that young of an age that you mm-hmm. had that mentality very mm-hmm. ambitious fuck yeah dude and so that was that was my goal and when it came time to decision making so you asked how i got to tallahassee um the two top choices that it came down to for me was Tuskegee University mm-hmm. and Tuskegee. Florida A&M University. And right, all of right. my best, closest friends from high school at the time was going to Tuskegee. And I got a scholarship offer from Tuskegee as well, but it wasn't going to pay for the full thing. Mm-hmm. The offer that I got from FAMU was going to pay me Everything. a full ride. And I was going down there with For the, an uh, academic? Mm-hmm, academic. Uh, so I said I played ball, but obviously I was on the sideline. So, you know, it, it wasn't. <laughs> I was too. Sports. I was too. I meant so to that. Did you play ball in college? Or? I did not. No. I did not. So um, academics covered me through school, and That's I actually up, went bro. to fam. I told you I was there for six years. Right. I initially went down there for their five-year MBA program. Okay. So I mean, when I, I left, I left FAMU with three degrees. When it was all yeah, said and done. So six years. Just putting in that work. Degrees. And, yeah, uh, yeah, list them all. Right? So went there for the five-year MBA program. Initially thought I was going to be an accountant. You stuck um, through with that? Or? I, I learned I didn't want to be an accountant. <laughs> I did stay with, the, uh, I stayed with the five-year MBA program, but shifted to a business administration mm-hmm. degree. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in agriculture now, so a portion of that is this story. To graduate from the five-year MBA program, you're required to complete three internships. Um, as like uh, as requirements okay. for you to walk, and well, so they, my first I, I my first internship. Up with those, oh yeah, yeah. And, and all of them were paid, which was a blessing. That's, that's that sounds like that's, Drexel, that's, dude. that's like yeah. co-op situation. Yeah. Outside of like my parents helped me when I when I needed help, but again, I, I you made sure that I you really was. try to pride myself on self sufficiency. So right. like, while yeah. I know I had the help, I don't you don't like really want to go ask for it. Yeah, so I I financed my my years and my personal expenses majority off of my, my earnings from my internships. So how did you get into agriculture then from Great days question. at F8? So first internship was supply chain management internship mm-hmm. working in the Coca-Cola plant oh, wow. in Marietta, Georgia. Okay. Internship number two took me to a Tropicana headquarters in Bradenton, Florida, Tropicana, where I was God. working in the <laughs> juice plant. Um, <laughs> and like Naked Juice, if y'all heard like the Naked, oh, yeah, Naked yeah, Juice. Yeah, bro, so me. Naked Juice was like kind of a new thing outside of the, like the West Coast where it first started. Yeah. Right. And so they were producing that at the headquarters plant. And I, I a lot of my work was in that section of the plant. Okay. So this was all around Tallahassee? So, like so all Bradenton these? is further south, like near the Tampa, St. Petersburg mm-hmm. area. I fuck with Tampa. Um, I like that place. And so I was working in the juice plant and one of the days that they do out of it, it was a 10-week internship. One of those days, they took us out to the orange groves to see that portion of the business. Like, where are we supplying this? Because, like, Tropicana, Florida Oranges, they, they promote it's big, oranges. It's big. So yeah, they the wanted us bowl. to go see that portion of the supply chain because it was a supply chain internship. Right. Was it, this right. was for the second one? Mm-hmm. The I was a junior, 
I was a junior at the time. So they were putting like legitimate fruit into their products. I'm like, okay. I can see how the supply chain ties into Mm -hmm. the agriculture. And so I saw that in like the life. So the plant lifestyle, very long hours, um, strenuous environment, metric heavy. Like if you don't hit the numbers, like hot. So (laughs) it was cool. It was it was paying. It was paying well for the the people who were not the hourly. Like yeah, and the people that I was working with that they were, were all in the labor were pushing me like you better finish school like you don't want no parts of this like mm-hmm. it's the grind bro finish yeah. like yeah. you got this and uh, I appreciate them for 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 like that encouragement like that. yeah they but, really so, reached out to you and made sure you yeah got, uh, that's good so that day in the orange groves I met um like a younger dude who's probably like in his where I'm at in my career now is where mm-hmm. he would have been at the time okay and, and what was he his doing? job. He had a company truck, and his job was to drive to the from Orange Grove to Orange Grove, essentially, and maintain relationships with the growers, um, inspect fruit quality, and, and and make sure that the practices that were being used on the farm or lined natural, up more or less. with with Tropicana's requirements, essentially. Right. right. Um, so, like, kind of frontline quality assurance. Right. Hmm. And I was like, dude, what was that? Do you what have to you, inspect What did you go to school for? To yeah. Do, like, right. To do this, like, you drive around every day. You're outside all day. I feel you could say you could do that job, but like to do it actually with so purpose, it would he, be like, was yeah. that a good paying job for him? Like, yeah. was he? What? Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, better. Be. <laughs> it ain't bad. Respect every award. Like he was entry level, so I talked to his what? boss too. Damn. So like, cause for me, before I made like a career step, I, it, it always helps. Like there's a saying, like if you can see it, you can be it. Believe and it, really, man. had I never seen that, agriculture wouldn't have really. I grew up in Alabama, yeah. so I drove by farms all the time, but I yeah. never considered it as a career opportunity. <laughs> right, right. And that's uh, bizarre because I drive into Pittsburgh. It's all farmland yeah, too. It's in GPA. I think about like time to time, like what it would be like to live on a farm, and I even imagine myself yeah. doing that for a year or two, oh, just yeah. to really get that like authentic, yes, like sir. Yeah. you know, you cook, it's a, it's you, you grow your food, bro, for sure. you, completely yeah. different. Yeah. You wash your clothes, you cook your food, you do all that stuff. But it's it's a different world. But even as a business student in my business program, finance, accounting, marketing, consumer packaged goods, like. Agriculture is almost the one pocket of business that we weren't hitting on. And, and part of that is because it's Florida A&M. It's agricultural and mechanical is the mm-hmm. A&M in there. Mm-hmm. So there's a whole agriculture school over there that that's their thing. Hmm. Um, but well, it's on in, opposite sides yeah. of campus. So I never, ever, ever had a reason to be right over to the, there. Yeah, yeah. So, so was business part crazy. of the mechanical side of the school? Mechanical was, was more so for engineering. engineering. So when yeah. the school was founded, it was... Um, mil- heavy heavy military ROTC mm-hmm. okay. agricultural education and engineering education yeah. so um, Makes sense. anyhow I asked the guy I said, what did you go to school for to like have this gig and he said ag business so I hmm. came back from school after that probably summer probably never heard that term before yeah. Yeah, I never heard of it I either. came back to school from that summer and I went to the advisor what, like, what is it going to take like junior year this is going into what would have been if I was in a four year program what would have been my senior, senior year. year Okay. and I said like what is it going to take for me to double major in agribusiness? Uh, and a whole bunch of people told me, like, man, they're not going to let you double major. I bought a bunch of people tried to curveball me from, like, pursuing it. And You're a different will, beast, bro. Like, You're a different beast, like, yeah, straight up. Wasn't people will always tell you that. that. Yeah, bro. But anyhow, like, I was like, they let me do it. I had some interchangeable credits on the business side that would cover some of the credits on the agriculture side. side. Had to take a few extra science courses. 
um, agribusiness is largely like the program, at least at FAM, is like largely applied economics. So when you think about food, like supply and demand, is mm-hmm. a huge part of that. Um, yeah. That's a straightforward way so to yo, learn that stuff too. How many credits were you taking a semester? Probably had to at least uh, been taking like 21. 18. Uh, 18, 18. That's a weird question to ask. Yeah. No, nah, I'm just interested in knowing because like, like I said, like, oh, a, fair a lot of people are different beasts. Like for me, I know for a fact I was not trying to take anything more than 15. I was trying yeah. to take the bare minimum, graduate, and I'm Man, all, Man, I'll tell you like this, bro. I, I finished and I, I leaned more heavily on my on being blessed intellectually than being a very good tell, student. Man. I'm not gonna yeah. I'm not gonna act like I was just I'm in the books. I did my work, but I, to this day, man, I'm still fighting procrastination. Yeah. People yeah. who know me will try to like they, the people who know me know. <laughs> I, yeah. I like to sleep. Mm-hmm. You know Ain't nothing wrong with I, that, right? narcolepsy is, is a trait in oh, my yeah. family <laughs> to, to a certain degree. And and so I had the um finesse and I do have a certain degree of finesse. Yeah, that's why I, I was gonna ask. Probably. Like, so is so you were smart growing up, obviously. Yeah, you so you probably it. so you understood like how to get by while yeah. I, while other kids would bury their nose in the books yeah. for hours. You kind of understood like what it specifically you had to. And I might still bury my nose in the books, but whereas it would have been, it would have yeah. made more sense to bury my nose in the books an hour a day for five days. Yeah. I mess like around and was doing cramming. something else for the four yeah. days, and, and now it's the day the before, day. and I'm doing five hours yeah, in a day, right. and I'm just not gonna sleep today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we gonna go straight to the test. No right. sleep, like, right. uh, and I yeah. and, and I don't advise that, man, because I I have several memories of falling asleep in the test, mm-hmm. writing really? you know, your pencil drag <laughs> off the table. No, <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you, you passed the class. Yeah. You know, I, I maintained a good GPA, graduated. I mean, with and although you and did everything. maintain that GPA. I would I would say you're more street smart than book smart, uh, just because like <laughs> it's a, it takes understanding to know like how to pass certain classes yeah, and things I, like I that. Like this, man. I had a good time in school. I had I had fun. I had my fun. Mm-hmm. I had my fun. Though, I got my work done. But that was that's the culture though. I mean, I think that's for anybody going to college, you got to be able to finesse it a little yeah. bit. You know, you can't. And a lot of people, books. if you lean too hard to one side or the other. It, it significantly impacts your experience. Right. No doubt. Right. I can see that. So, yeah, man. Yeah. Act business about halfway through. Yeah, so um, what's it going to take for you to get that dual, dual major? Yeah, so it added, It pretty much added another, another two, year worth of classes. Just one? Or another two, just one year. Two okay. semesters worth of classes. In addition, now what happened, though, Kinda, yeah. when it came time, I was coming out of my business undergrad curriculum mm-hmm. and rolling into the MBA program for the five year at the same time that I was moving into Starting this, up this undergrad program in yeah. a completely different That's wild. school of yeah. thought. And that was probably the roughest year for me. Yeah, you man, think you'd begin that senioritis and you'd be yeah. cruising it's, it's on into... It's two different levels of demands on you right. intellectually and your time. So I was mm-hmm. coming into my business, my MBA courses, with an undergraduate mindset and an undergraduate work quality. And, and not to mention like the procrastination stuff I was just yeah. telling you about. You really can't come at these graduate professors with the same level of apathy that I yeah. had towards my undergrad work where I'm just getting by because I'm the smart guy. Like, this is nothing. Oh, yeah, I'll write the paper in one yeah, night. Yeah, you know, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll study for the I test in one night. So you get your mentality. Failing. I was yeah. failing, bro. Like, <laughs> like, if you were only focused on that grad life, you could get your mentality yeah. there. But because you were still stuck in that undergrad, it's just starting up again, too. Nah, you, it's, it's, I don't know it's, how it's you would handle it. Especially when you jump from undergrad to graduate. 100. And the wild thing about it, man, it wasn't like... 
D's get degrees and C's uh, get degrees. Right. No, mm-hmm. in the grad program, a C is an F. Yeah. Like you get a C, you taking the class over. So probation. Yeah. Right. I had to. Yeah. I was withdrawn from a class. I've retaken the class. But you know, long story short, man, I ended up graduating with honors across the board. Oh uh, fuck yeah! Pulled it through, bro. That's smart ass. Came through. Yeah. So yeah. so when were there were there doubts after like the withdrawal period or the Dude, struggle? Were you like fuck this agricultural business? I should listen to everyone else. The ag go. business wasn't the issue. I ended up getting involved in the ag school. I was like an ambassador for that side of really? the business. You felt um, kind of at home in that. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I ended up taking my first like ag related internship that next summer. And that was and that was your third one, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, my third word, one. Word. So I checked off my my requirements. And it where was, was this International one paper in Vicksburg, Mississippi. Okay. And it was a fiber supply internship. So international paper is so like that. It's funny. You went from like a like an orange farm in the business school to like a paper industry in the agricultural mm-hmm. school. What? <laughs> so like that's goofy. IP makes like McDonald's paper bags. Like they make like <laughs> okay. the cups. They make. A bunch they like there's the a whole bunch of stuff that you deal shit, with on a day to day basis that you probably don't know that comes made. from them. Paper yeah. towels, tissue paper. But anyhow, it was a pulp and paper plant in Vicksburg and I was on the fiber supply side. So the people who deal with the folks that have uh the land that the trees are growing on and the folks the okay. lumber yards, lumber mills, lumber oh, shit. See, I wasn't even thinking about cut that. the trees That's down, right. sell them for money yeah. to Open paper yeah, mills, to be turned into those products. Into yeah. Homes. Okay. In my situation, it was lumber that was going to be turned into pulp and paper products. So that was uh, that was that summer. And when you asked me about like, how did the, the withdrawal thing, man, the graduate the graduate portion that last year of school, man, is when I got introduced to the realities of like stress, anxiety. Uh, like depression. Congrats I can, on, I can, make, congrats I on making it that about far. It. I can speak about it from that perspective now, partially because it's not as stigmatized. So how did how did you cope with it? Like, what did you do to like? I didn't, bro. <laughs> not, <laughs> not properly, at least. Marijuana. Like, you learn it, bro. You learn it. G, man. Yeah, like, yeah. As a college student, there's college stuff around you. You know what I mean? Like, I was yeah. deep. Mine was such a trap. I was deep in the game with just distract yourself from it. And you talk about. Like, I mean, the mature thing to do would have been to challenge myself to get out of my poor study habits and my poor time management. It's easier said mm-hmm. than done, But what I ended Not up doing that age, was running from the work mm-hmm. and, like, you go, like, it's wild. So, I mean, I do counseling now. Like, I just started it probably two months ago. And so my my therapy, my, it's, it's still weird to say, like, I got a therapist <laughs> and shit. Like, but my therapist was, like, the Everyone human body it. has two like responses to stress right it's fight or flight mm-hmm. but the the flight has like a sub level to it where it's like flight or freeze right and flight is like i'm just gonna run from this situation yeah. i'm in school i can't Not particularly back run from the situation yeah. that would have been quitting i ain't built like that right so but they're the freeze. Yeah, where you're on the edge and yeah, you're hesitating. The freeze is where you just yeah. shut down you're not doing anything so for me that was i'm just gonna go to sleep and you sleep and you sleep and you sleep and, and you, you wake up and you don't you know <laughs> there's only shit there's only work for you, you to know do what I mean? so you gotta deal with that at some the point other thing you know drinking and smoking you feel me so like yeah dude, that's he said, unrelatable he said that is also attached Coping. to the, the freeze response yeah. yeah so for me like the fight you know I, I should have been f- fighting it you yeah. feel me but like and in I the was, end you did but I was freezing in a major way man and that, that stuff affected me in ways that maybe we'll get to touch on today or not but like 
That stuff, I, I had like a major dip off in the life situation in between that Tropicana International paper. Yeah. That threw me, that's where I had to, that's where the fight kicked in. It's like, yeah. bro, you about to mess your life up for real. Like, you better tighten up. Is there a that thought that comes so. to your mind when you think about that, when that fight kicked in? Like, when, was it grade? Was it, you were just in your room feeling Jail, mad, bro. depressed? Jail. Jail. <laughs> Jail. Jail. Yeah, that's like, the I've never, I'm, like, I won't say never about nothing, but like, that is something that growing up, I've probably had, I've had more interactions with police than I would prefer to have had. I believe Especially none growing of, up in Alabama. None of them turned I mean, out as badly for me as they could have, especially in the current climate that people have with police today. Brutality and everything. But it's something that has always left a bad taste in my mouth. Um, and I've you had as, as, many bad, I've, as many bad interactions I've had with police. I've had some good ones, and some of my friends, like, fathers are policemen as well, police officers. So I have a level of respect for it mm-hmm. and that degree for those gentlemen. Yeah. But not for that the, experience from me being more reckless with my life than I should have been being um, just led me to, to have a different... And at first, it, it's, it's a curve, man, because honestly, after it happened, it was like, man, I'm fucked off in the game anyways. Overdrive. Mm-hmm. And you, mm-hmm. I went into overdrive on... Like a lot of yeah, destructive yeah. behavior. You yeah. feel me? And it wasn't even that way. Like to to the right person to talk, especially being out here in Philly. Like I know some folks with some real stories, and even being at FAMU, I know some folks with some real Bro, stories. Like, so like my to me and don't and downplay your my shit, therapist though, will tell me like man, you yeah. don't don't downplay your situation, right? But to me, that's Rudy Poop situation. That's a Rudy Poop situation. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Like some other you people. put yourself yeah. in that situation. You weren't born into it. You didn't have like no other choice. Like you did that. And, but for me, it's like my response to it was do more, go harder. You yeah, know what I mean? And yeah. that was affecting my, my relationship at the time. It was affecting my grades at the time um, and definitely my productivity. But you kind of, I kind of hit it. And then this, I hit it to a point where the situation is like, this is really, really real. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Now, in any of these instances, were you, did you feel victim, like, did you deserve, you know, getting put? What put me there, what put me there at the moment, I don't, I feel like it was unnecessary to a degree. Um, Like, as far as like you were too drunk and they could have driven you, driven you home or were you being. So you see what we said in that right here. And I mean, I know the viewers can't see, but to that (laughs) wall over there, Mm -hmm. I can see my destination. I'm taking my friend home from the club or whatever. And You're that close. I had been drinking, but that's like a, there's a study that'll tell you that most people who do get pulled over for this kind of stuff mm-hmm. yeah. get pulled over within like X number of miles of where oh, they're, they're going. They're really? So it's like really, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a real thing. That's crazy. So he got me, and like I'm, I to me, I'm functional, I'm coherent, mm-hmm. I'm articulate. Um, and he was asking me to do goofy <laughs> shit like stand. You know, they like make you stand on line. one. They make you yeah, stand. I can walk in a straight line, yeah, some, but yeah. they give you a bunch of like instructions and there's minutia within the instructions yeah like they're looking for a certain you're not hesitation they look for a reason to to get you and take you in if they can book you they're gonna book you right right but um he asked me like to stand on one leg like i told you i had knee surgery like i I got a bad leg dog (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean but i can can make my excuses but the reality of the situation is the time i got caught whether that could have been the time i should have got off or not it was just the time I got caught. It wasn't nothing I hadn't been doing mm-hmm. and getting away with for an extended period of time. And it's nothing you felt inherently that you were yeah. doing wrong either. Yeah. So I, like... I take it on the chin because 
you know, by the grace of God, it didn't go worse for me. By the mm-hmm. grace, of, like I didn't have situations where I could have hurt myself, hurt somebody, or worse that I I made it home that night. Yeah, you know what I mean, I didn't have situations where I've woke up in the car where I got in the car with the car running. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Somebody like you get in the car to lead a party and you wake up the next morning in the same Still spot in the car, you, you sat in, you know what I mean? Yeah. And in, the wrong, funny, in yeah. the wrong place, you know what I'm saying? Somebody will do you down bad. Right. Well, it's funny <laughs> that, like, I've, I've been arrested, like, three or four times within college, and I've been fortunate to just get caught in the wrong place at the wrong time, but when I wasn't doing anything that's, like, super, super bad. Yeah, I'm not going to go out and say I've done, like, any really crazy reckless yeah. shit, but there's definitely things I could have been booked way worse for than the things I have been. Mm-hmm. That right. being said, when I have gone in trouble, I, I wasn't hurting anyone. I wasn't yeah. doing anything. Yeah, I, there's I, worse I, things that could have been going on, yeah, but yeah. what it became for me was an eye-opener, and with the mm-hmm. level... The standard I was raised with, the first thing I was like, I was like, I am not telling my folks about this. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I got to fix this on my own. I got to fix this myself, yeah, yeah. man. So I, I secured my own lawyer. Like, again, I told you I was living off this internship money. And uh, it's wild. You kept it on the low. And it's transparent about this shit. You kept <laughs> like, it on the low, right? You but like, yeah, so I secured my lawyer. I pulled on the, I made a few phone calls to like figure out a lawyer situation that I could afford. Um, went and paid my bond, got out, went and paid my bond, but I got out, went to doing like right hey, back to doing bro. the dumb shit, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's wild, right man. back that's to doing wild. the dumb shit. And then they talk about probation and all the requirements on that, and that kind of exposed me to the reality of other people's lives, like people who maybe have less, for not maybe. I was granted with a lot of opportunity and options in my upbringing, and I know everybody isn't as fortunate as I to mean, have that. I would say straight up, even in the black community, like. Yeah. Yeah. So we're very fortunate. When I think about people who, in the interest of like trying to maintain themselves or maintain their family, and may make what the law is definitely going to look at as a poor decision. Once I'm once you once I got to see like the system from the inside, mm-hmm. even if it was for a night, you know what I mean? It's an it's you, I had com- that you up. You I like, had I conversations in, in there yeah. about people who are in there for some heavy yeah. situations. Plus it's funny because yeah. everyone thinks that I'm like, having real conversations. Everyone thinks they don't belong in there and like the holding yeah. cell. They're like, man, I didn't do this. I didn't that. But some people, you know, just by looking but at being them, on like, they should be there. Bro, and shit. That's what kind of yeah. What kind of because you know they take your license. They want you. To, they they take your license. You can't drive. It's your community the, the service at all or no? Yeah, plenty of community yeah, service. That'll expose you to another perspective too. But you also can't yeah. drive. You're not supposed to drive to get there. You're not. Po- they want you to pay to go take your drug test, but you can't drive to go get to work. Mm-hmm. Uber wasn't like a thing yet. So like <laughs> cabs, cabs <laughs> probably wasn't trying to come pick you up. That's what kept me in the so, system for crazy. like years after you, years. You gotta be able to still make your living. And it's, it's just, it was wild to me because you can't, like, the thought of violating, right? Violating yeah. probation. I think about people who have a lot more stringent requirements. Like, mine were, diff- like, difficult for a college student to upkeep. Yeah. Like, I think about an adult with responsibilities with children mm. with, with a more legitimate rent payment mm. to make than, like, my putt-putt college <laughs> rent. Apartment, yeah. You're thinking you about what I'm options saying? they're going to It's like, have. man, it's, yeah. set up for you to, it's set up for you to mess up so they can put you back in there. And that's... That's frustrating for me to have like observed, yeah. but once I got out of it, it's like, bro, I, ain't, I, 
I need to not put myself 100%. in the line of fire yeah. to have to deal with this kind of bullshit. And you said you're back, you're living in Philly now. Like you see stories like that all yeah, the time, where like man. people are on probation for man. 40, 50 years, dude. They we can't can get talk about some shit that happened to me till I got in Philly, but I just don't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we got the time, and like I've said more than I probably like. I don't Damn, know who bro. gonna listen to this, and it's like, man, nigga, I didn't think you was gonna get all that. Nah, this is, but yeah, like, you're gonna have an arrest warrant. Out you know what I'm saying? I'm like, man, I'm talking. You gotta be careful about what you say. <laughs> you gotta be careful what you but, say. Um, but we're we're happy crazy, to have you bro. on as many times as we have. Yeah, but man. for now, we'd like to just like get your story. But this is like what we're talking about now is the shit. I really want this to turn into kind of more like a cultural understanding from different perspectives right. on just what's going on around the fucking country and in the educational system and yeah. how certain people are succeeding and why you know and shit like that. So they like we talk about like. You know the older generation understanding technology mm-hmm. and how you can make money online and stuff like mm-hmm. that. We mm-hmm. we've talked about you know this the pressure from you know putting yourself through school and there's just so much different and there's, I, yeah, there's so many shit out there it, that and that we can all relate to. But it's there's so many levels. To it's it. a whole nother conversation. Just <laughs> even off of what you said right there, I got so much that comes to my mm-hmm. mind. So like the reality of my situation is that like I'm the minority educationally with having had a full ride and graduating with no student debt. Fuck yeah. I'm probably to a certain degree a minority in graduating and rolling straight into a job. I already had my employment lined up before I graduated. Uh-huh. You're right, you're right. I'm a minority in the sense that I come from a two-parent household. I'm a minority in the sense that I come from a two-parent household where both educated. parents were college educated. Yeah. Yeah. Where, I'm not the, where I'm not the first or second generation college student. So you stack all of that up and like a lot of people, you you look you can look at success stories like Meek Mill and Jay Z, where people just had to get it off the muscle, mm-hmm. and that's good. But everybody is not built like that. Right, right. The reality yeah. of the situation is every you can aspire to, you can admire, but everybody's not gonna work yeah. as hard. And the value of a solid foundation, the value of having some backup, a safety net, whatever. Okay. And I, what I, what challenges me, because I I struggle with it myself as feeling less than or weak because I had a safety net and so many people yeah. that I was around was like was getting it off the strength that it was just them I'm first generation and I respect yeah, that's and a admire that's that that's a so different much type of monster dude because that was yeah. my dad's experience so I have a lot of respect for that because I've seen it built from the ground up and were you able to talk to him about that at yeah. a young age I'm sure he instilled not that my, on my you dad, not so much once I'm sure he instilled that relationship wasn't wasn't kind of fell off a little bit it wasn't no, not even fell off. It just wasn't communicative. Straightforward. Yeah, I, I understand. He yeah, was. Yeah, I'm not. Your, I'm not your friend. I'm, I'm your dad. Like, I'm not. Your, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This, I can, I can relate you to that. live in my space. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. You gonna live by my rules. Mm-hmm. Right? And if you don't, you gonna get, get checked out. on yeah. it. Like, you gonna get, you gonna get checked that. on it. Yeah. But I think when I look at my circle, would he come of, to your games and whatnot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he could, like when he. Yeah, most most times. All right, go ahead, go. But um, when when he uh. When I look at my circle of friends, they tend to be folks from more. I have my friends who I grew up around that have my background, mm-hmm. and then I have the friends that I less um, less fortunate latched onto in school that tend to like remind me one. of the people that I look up to, yeah, like my dad, okay. in terms of their they background, their character, mm-hmm. and their work ethic. Yeah, putting so, the weight on their shoulders and so, the so like they get to learn from my life and my family structure. And what that's and seeing what that did mm-hmm. for me, 
I get to learn from their life and their family yeah. structure and seeing what that's done for them. And it creates a synergy that you would want in your circle of influence that everybody's elevating on. You don't want to have to learn from some things you don't want to have to learn from experience. Yeah. A wise man learns, you know what I'm saying, from the experience yeah. of others. Right. As an observer. Than to run yeah. into it and learn it and bump their head themselves. So. I'm really happy that, like, it makes me happy inside that you recognize your upbringing and yeah. you value it because I'm so much like you where except I'm white so I'm even more <laughs> like lucky on that standard to not be discriminated I like especially living down south too I don't even know what yeah. I'd be like as a young child but it's not when you're still living with them and you have them around and everything it's hard to really like step back and see what you have yeah, in front of 100%. you 100% and people some people like it sounds. It sounds like I'm. I'm spoiled. I am spoiled. But that's like insane. at the same time, and like it sucks. I hate to say it too. I hate, that's like the one thing. I don't I get that sense from you though. Because I, like, like dis- I feel like you I feel like it discredits my pro- like what I did do. You know what I mean? Because yeah. like, well, yeah, but you had both of your parents. Like, nah, but God, I can tell from your yeah. personality and everything that you're very humble. About who you are. That's why you're able to get to as far as you've been because yeah. you've been very humble. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm happy that, that you yeah. feel that, that internally because I hear it in your voice. And it seems like you have a really good awareness of everything. Like you understand and you realize everything that's going around from you. You understand that you are blessed with everything that your parents been able to give you, but you still want to grind and do your own thing. I got, I've always wanted to, because I've seen them do it for themselves. It's always been an aspiration they of mine too, to do yeah. it for myself. And there's facts, no facts. reason you can't do and it. And I was brought up to be humble. Like we had what we had, but we. It's like it's not even about what we had. It was more like a means to an end, right? Like to provide a life, to build. I think the, the big conversation today is like building generational wealth. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've been fortunate enough to see people putting what people are treating like new ideas and new practices. It's not new ideas and new practices. It's just it's being broadcast now because we have the means to broadcast it. Yeah, where you not have to, you don't have to pay a financial advisor to get information mm-hmm. on that sort of thing. Yeah, you got YouTube. But seeing now. people be fiscally responsible, you know, seeing people like just because you can go get that doesn't mean you need yeah. to go get that. Or you should. Yeah. So living humble, being humble, and at the same time giving back was always a huge part of my household. So like. I do. Who was who was big on that? Your mom, both of, your both dad, my parents, really, both my parents, because they both they, they both come from humble enough beginnings. Could, church, yeah. um, they're both active in their fraternity and sororities, and like have Fuck yeah. been huge. I feel like that's in, the southern, you know, the southern mindset. Yeah, bro. scholarship tell, funds. Yeah. yeah. Um, so let's get the end of that. Turkeys for the Thanksgiving, bro. like <laughs> big family, that, everybody come that, together, like, yeah. giving away food. Yeah. So um, how are you carrying on that tradition, you know, separated uh, from your family? You're uh, up north now. You're on your own. Yeah. You, can't, you can't really give back that much <laughs> yeah, right now. Can nah, you? That's you can not still do it, bro. Yeah, you do, though. Tell us about what you've been doing, though, with There's that. There's always something that can be done. So I guess that segues into, into like, my personal model. So we've talked a lot about, like, where I come from and how I came up. And that culminated into, like, what my I call it my personal philosophy. It's just how I choose What's to that, the rationalize GNF, the GNF? life, and so that's GNF. And like once upon a time, like when I when I got to school, like around the era I was getting to college, GNF meant give no fucks. And yeah, like me uh-huh. and my homeboys, like that's something we just used to say. Like man, GNF, like <laughs> give no, I don't care about that. Like, mm-hmm. and that was that was the thought process. And to a certain ahead. degree, I was living like that until it kind of hit the fan. <laughs> you know what I you mean? You real quick, you was like, I got to yeah. switch up real yeah, quick. Yeah, you know, it's a verse in the Bible say, train up a child in the way you should go. 
so that when he's old, he will not depart from me. Mm-hmm. And, and to a degree, you know, I grew up going to church. I grew up in the church. God's a big part of my Household, life. Right. But like when I got to college, I could probably count on my hands. The How many times? times with I, <laughs> I think that's a lot of people. You know that's what I mean? A lot of people. I can count on my hands. It wasn't until I started dating like my current fiance back in school. That's when you like, started. A part of. Like trying to get with her would have been like, man, I need to go to church. <laughs> That's a big part of her family too, then I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So That's a shit. You gotta impress the parents. Yeah. Like, yeah. So yeah. once upon a time, it probably would have been God wills it. He'll will it, it probably would have been a little before I ended up getting in trouble or whatever before the DUI situation. Like kind of a revelation moment. It's like, man, you give no fucks. It's like not. A product. I was making clothes, bro. I was designing shirts and all <laughs> that, that whole stuff. Brand going. But I was you always like, had that in you. That's not creative. Yeah, like, like that's not even like some long term. It's marketable, but like yeah. long term, and it sounds it's good, but it's not sustainable. That I wanted. That's not how I'm trying to live. Yeah, yeah. like and if the next generation had one quote to you know live on and same. grow on, that's is it gonna be? Is you want to be giving no fuck? So like, well, I like that, but at the same time, it has its own place. You need that in its in certain places. Mentality, yeah. What it ended up shifting to for me, especially just seeing how my life went and like why every like I used to just say everything happens for a reason, and I repurposed that philosophy into like GNF now is God never fails, which is saying the same thing. But like from my family and their life and their upbringing and how that translated into me and my experiences, even the jail situation, the why I mm-hmm. went to school by myself and not with my friends, all of that stuff has played into me having the mentality that I have, the resources that I have, the experiences that I have. Mm-hmm. And so like when I say God never fails, a lot of people from a spiritual perspective can like, well, why would God let this happened and that happened. Exactly. And like, hey man, excuse my language, but like, shit happens and it always has yeah. and it always like will, yeah. but it's always been for a reason and a purpose. And it's on He'll us. be there to guide you through yeah, the tough times. Opinion, but he's it's not on there, you to have an open enough mind and develop enough of a relationship to get an understanding, yeah. Yeah. to seek an understanding in the face of challenging realities. Like this situation with Kobe Bryant just passing, like a lot of people, Bro. that's gonna challenge their faith. It's challenging mm. to my faith. That family, but dude, I don't know. Look at the conversations that are being the broader impact, and it's it's like, why does it take that? You can always belabor that topic, mm-hmm. but there's a lot the the mentality and the philosophy that he left behind that anybody and everybody can latch on around the world yeah. 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 and yeah. if done properly like think about how that raises the consciousness and quality of life was, for everybody yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Even, yeah. everybody should start to be like that like, I, when you were in 100%. school and you were struggling with yourself when talking about the fight or flight stuff mm-hmm. the fact simply alone that you froze up but you didn't make that decision to fly after and kind of just bail and go yeah. back home where you were comfortable even though you'd probably get a whooping at least you had support <laughs> around you and whatnot. <laughs> But you said, fuck it, you're going to fight. You kind of yeah. instilled that mama mentality. Yeah. And you got a little bit of it. And you that, <laughs> got that, to, man. That I, comes into yeah. the God never fails situation yeah, because if God, he, yeah. Yeah, man. You'll, you'll never fail as long as you're willing to, you know, put in that work and realize what you have around you. Gotta you got to walk, man. And, and, and that gets to, like, you asked me about what do I do now. I've always been an idea person. And that's mm-hmm. why like, I talk about procrastination. That's like my comfort zone. It's easy for me to generate ideas. I'll draw up the plans. I'll write it out. She don't actually. But the challenge for me is the step that crossing that starting line. So we've talked about like motivation versus action. Where like you could be motivated 
you know, every day of your life. Like, because you see shit on Instagram of people to be where you want to be or you read articles, you watch TV. But it's, and then you see that, you're motivated. You're like, Mm -hmm. and then you write out the plan on what you're going to do. Then the next day, you got to take that action or it's not going to happen. I'm sure you've gotten better at that now. I mean, you wouldn't be where you're at if you haven't had, right? To a degree. And so, like, it's a learning process for everybody. I'm I'm going to get a little, like, you know, churchy on you to a degree, <laughs> ahead, but ahead. then I'm a, I'm a connected back. So right mm-hmm. in the community, in the in the circles that I have these conversations with, it's like, well, like the Bible says, write the vision and make it plain. Yes, it does. Right, you, you planned it, you wrote it down. That's part of it, but it also like there's a verse that says, um, like you talk about praying and like yeah. getting things from God, right? Asking you shall receive, right? Mm-hmm. So that's. That's like prayer. That's like request, right. Mm-hmm. right? Then it says, seek and you shall find. And like to seek hmm. is like diligent, study, searching. That's active. It's yeah. not passive. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing says, knock and it shall be open to you. And that's like, now did you try? You feel me? And so like when yeah. people talk to me about like why stuff isn't happening for them, it's like, okay, well, did you make a plan? Did you write the vision make a plan? Have you prayed about it? Like. Yeah. Did you ask so that you can receive? Boom. Okay. Did you go out? Did you seek? For have it? you sought yeah. to learn more about what it is that you're asking? Because more often than not, they like, don't know the, what they yeah, want to learn. What's until, the point of yeah. getting something and you're not even prepared to so, like, to, to manage? Because yeah. yeah. one point might lead to another point that they didn't even know about. And then the last thing is not yeah. like, have you taken any action at all have you actually tried to towards ask like doing this thing yeah. that you saying you want to fall from the sky and hit you in the head? You know what I mean? So we talk about what I've been doing. The, the GNF sweater drive that I did out here in Philly yeah, like right around Christmas yeah. has been an idea for the longest. It's just like <laughs> I drew the sweaters up a long time ago. Like I got one on now. Is that um, one of them? Yeah. Or? So Where, the, the ones right. I gave out were gray. That's uh, dumb fresh. Were gray and black. You all feel right, me? Bet, bet. And, um, <laughs> the ones I gave out were like, like heather gray and too, black. Appreciate that. I had this thing for about like 10 years. Dog. So, yeah, 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 it's so <laughs> fast, dude. How long was that in the thought process? Man, this idea probably came to me, I graduated in 2016. It would have been probably like 2014, 2015. Okay. Because like, I was I was doing this clothing designs and like I wanted, like being on campus, I was in fraternity life. I was in the community service organization. Shout out, uh, Shout out Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated. Shout out Progressive Black Men Incorporated. I, like, I got to do the plug if I'm going to be on here talking about Please it. Please do. Right, right, but, right. Um, I'm sure I, we'll, we'll reach out to them. Yeah, too. Hopefully so, they so doing that, <laughs> like service was a part of my mindset at the time. Mm-hmm. But when I graduated and got off to living on my own in Omaha, it became more like I'm getting this money now. I got these requirements in this corporate system. I got to wake up and do the nine to five thing. And it became a lot more about like... Build my life, build my life, build my life. How did, how yeah, did you so that, men- there and that mentality didn't wear away bro. from you, that that act of giving back? Because if you're yeah. on your own and you got your there shit, there was still a desire, about, but it wasn't as constant because you go into monthly fraternity meetings, that's a topic of conversation mm-hmm. each time you're at that meeting. And I was in leadership within the chapter, so like there's intermediary committee meetings, so it's like just a constant part of... That's a part of your life. Like. I want to use smart. It's a constant part of the lexicon, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So like... When I graduated, I found ways to give back, but it was more infrequent. So when I was in Omaha, I would speak on a, uh, a panel about PWIs and HBCUs at a, an event that one of my frat brothers uh, would put on. Shout out, Ant. Um, the Omaha Team Sun, Omaha Teen Summit. 
where they would bring like middle schoolers up through high school, and I, we would talk Bringing to them some about some youth. Yeah, we talked to them about bro. going to college. So I was a panelist on that about every year that I was in. What would you talk about? Just your experience. Uh, my experience like talking about funding, seeking so, out funding to go to school, um, proper planning and preparation for going the, to school. What was the crowd like? What? I was just going to say, were these kids that you were talking to about these topics, were they meaning like, you know, African-American? Yeah, you know, yeah. Okay. Students of color for the most part. And right. I, I say of color because everybody wasn't black. You got yeah, you know, yeah. Asian kids in there, Latino kids in there. Okay. And um, believe it or not, like, you're, you're preaching a lot of, like, heavy, you know, heartfelt shit. And our goal or our aspiration, this is, like, think about all the kids that you might be reaching now. Like, you've stood up and you've spoken to people, like, face-to-face, like yeah. you just mentioned. and. We're hoping, like, what, like, this could potentially reach, like, thousands and millions someday, you know, and that's, there are kids going through shit in college who are getting, you know, legal trouble. There's kids thinking about, you know, just, like, breaking away from their family a little bit and being more independent. Like, like there's uh, so many lessons within each of our guests that we want to instill within people out there who are second-guessing themselves and don't know if there are people like themselves out there which there are because it yeah that's dope. i mean i'm learning a lot from you right now and i appreciate because it's, it's very easy for me in particular um you have the clear in, vision in the back of my mind i've seen a version of success just having grown up around it i've seen a work ethic that in my opinion probably exceeds what i'm willing to do mm-hmm. like my dad and my mother their level what it took for them to go from where they came from to where they're at now is like almost kind of unfathomable for me, and even though I grew up grew up in it, that's wild. It's di- it's a difference in growing up there, but you don't see the work as a child growing mm-hmm. up in a household. You don't see what it takes to manifest yeah. that. You hear stories, that. but you don't see you the just, day in and day out. You don't yeah. really you just reap. It, you just reap the benefits of it. Right, right. And so when I look at like the quality of life that I had, and now being a grown man, responsible for. Recreating a version of that mm-hmm. It's unfathomable Because I don't know what it took <laughs> To this day I don't know how much that house that I lived in cost I don't know how much my parents make Or have made Or what they started out making And I don't really yeah. care to ask them Because it might You'll never know how bad it was like, yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm never going to make <laughs> no, it That's know? what I'm saying You'll never <laughs> know how bad it was for your parents yeah, you'll But never, you'll know how good it is too because yeah. But I think to your point though I think you just got to set your own path bro. And that's, and that's what it's been man I, Set your own path My lifestyle from growing my hair out to the places <laughs> yeah. I've moved to, every time I make a move, man, there's gonna be somebody. Why you wanna move out there? <laughs> it's gonna be cold. Like that's the goofiest <laughs> shit. To yeah. It's gonna be cold. Ain't you gonna be cold? Scared, bro. Yeah, I'm like, gonna yeah, be you're making right. some money um, to buy a jacket, yeah. dog. Like I'm gonna buy a jacket. <laughs> like you warm, I had a heater. Like, hey, why'd you move to Nebraska? Cause they paid me to be there. Yeah. I mean, and, and like, like it's not about chasing the money, but like there was a part of that job that I was going to where it's, I knew. The knowledge and experience that I was going to gain from that gonna experience get you to someone it's going to up with something that I had in my vision down, down the road. The line. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but I, I, I said a lot of words, man. But nah, nah. anyhow, so. <laughs> GNF, um, God never fails. What we did uh, a couple days before Christmas, we partnered with a local charity, um, Chosen Three Hundred Ministries. Um, and this is like talking about the conclusion, and there's so much more that can be said about the process of getting there. But, but you held—I know you held a service. Yeah, you so the Chosen people. 300 on Sunday on Sundays they have um, a church service for the homeless at their facility. Where are you um, located at? 
old. The one we went to was in West Philly. We went to Chosen 300 in West Philly. I don't have his car. I've been had his car. I was going to say, I was there wow. for a second, but yeah. I, don't, I don't know how that yeah, like out Yeah, shout there. out yeah. to Chosen 300 and everybody that's associated with the work that they do mm-hmm. um, and giving giving people a space to, to come so and they worship. Do, so they bring in homeless? Yeah, bring in the homeless. And they so, do that every week? Or? Yeah, every week. So after wow. church, there was, um, I mean, so there was church service. After church, we fed the homeless. And do they um, feed them every week? Yeah. Too? Okay. Yeah. And every every day, really, they feed the homeless regularly. So they'll go out. And mm-hmm. like, they right, feed the right. homeless regularly. And the homeless can come in. Like, there's set meal times that the people in that community are aware of. And this is a, a haven of sorts for them to come and get resources. I saw that within some of the That's community good. service I did do in college. I decided, like, th- get some hours done by, like, it was a center like that where mm-hmm. the, Home, not really homeless people, but people who couldn't provide food for themselves or their families would come in, and we would provide like bags. Everyone got the same stuff in their bags, but it would be like a box of rice, a box of pasta, yes, like marinara sauce, yeah. like a, a bunch of the essential stuff. And we yeah. even had dog food if they had dogs and stuff. So I really, I got to see what these people were like, and all the, like, yeah, it, they need they need help, and people yeah. have the means to help them. And I saw that, and. It's just hard because, like, they're, they're, it's hard to look at because they're in, like, such unfortunate situations. Yes. And it is challenging. They're mean. It's like some of them are mean because of it. Some of them you can just tell by looking at them. But we talk about life experience, man. And one of the things I like to say is, uh, I say man, but a, a person is the sum of their experiences. Yes. Yeah. Like, when I talk about God never fails, man, a big part of that for me is also not casting or at least being conscious about attempting to not cast judgment on other people because I don't know what they'd have been through. Yeah. I got little quirks and ticks about me and yeah. to somebody else I've had like the life. Mm, but like yeah. there's still unpleasant experiences that I've been that's hard that to have that shaped and too. shifted me. So I'm like if little I'll call it petty now, like if little petty stuff might have made me like, you know what I'm saying, aggressive or mm-hmm. standoffish or antisocial. Mm-hmm. You know, this person doesn't have a home, doesn't have the means to provide for themselves. Yeah. So they go, they going through some things that I can't fathom. Can't really relate. I can't relate. Yeah, and I can't say how I would respond or react if we had to trade places. Right, and it's hard to get out of your own head when you just have your own shit to deal with, mm-hmm. like a nine mm-hmm. to five, like something you're pursuing. Yeah, and even going to the gym, easy, like, like that's why I'm saying it's too it's yeah. too easy, especially where I live. I live in a neighborhood that takes me like five minutes to drive out alone. You know, nice houses mm-hmm. and. Yeah, it's just, I, I, I'm so, I can't get out of my own head. And it's just funny that it took me to get, you know, blacked out drunk and get in a fight with the cop to get in the situation to realize how misfortunate these people are and to realize that, like, although they may smell, they may look gross and they're mean, that they're people, they're they humans people. inside. And I will never in a million years know what they went through only because. I can assume they couldn't have been as fortunate as I was in my life from the get-go. Yeah, man. Because of the situation they're in now. And it's just, it's fucked up that it took me that long to realize. It's kind of bringing me to like a sidebar. How are we doing on time? Like, I kind of want to like do <laughs> We straight. We... The thing I'll say, because what really shifted me to even being in the mindset to, to do the sweater drive and to want to interact with the homeless community at all Um when we were in Omaha, Omaha gets very cold. Now, mind you, I'm from the South, so I'm mm-hmm. sensitive. I am. Like, people, I joke about people like, oh, you're going to be cold out there. But I, that doesn't mean I liked it, right? right. So, like, <laughs> Omaha cold is like negative 17 degrees. I know what you mean, though, bro. I got family in Florida, and yeah, I know what you mean. That so. made me sensitive to the situation because I would walk to work 
that first year I lived downtown, I walked to work and you walk past people who are homeless and they're out there, you know, with the shaking their cup. And I'm like, dog, where are you sleeping at? It's negative whatever degrees out here. Yeah. And it just it kind of planted a seed in my head. And my uh, my fiance, my girlfriend at the time, she had kind of, I don't want to say took in this homeless dude, but like there was just this guy that she used to pass all the time. And she got to a point where she was taking it upon herself like giving rides to the to the shelter or giving right. rides to church oh, yeah, yeah. and like making them food and stuff and just seeing her give in that nature and we come from a very different background yeah, to me that's well. a fathom bro like, and like for me as the man in the relationship I'm like man you don't know this dude like you know, <laughs> right what is he doing yeah like, you never know you what's going to happen you yourself in closed quarters yeah. but I had to like I had to re- kind of check myself on my faith you feel me like yeah. what is it if I claim to be you know, a follower of Christ or what have you, I really need to like, if you want to talk about it, be about it. You know what I'm saying? And that was the best at the time depiction of that for me. Like no judgment about the man, no pretense. And that could have been, you know, catastrophic. That could have been catastrophic. Yeah. But by the grace of God, I say God never failed. That situation was a blessing for her, a blessing for that man. And it blessed me to get to a place where I couldn't even go do a yeah, sweater job. You can see like, I didn't understand it. I had a roommate in college who, he was leaving the gym and he saw, and Pittsburgh is a very decent homeless population. They all live under the bridges and tents and whatnot. Right now our university, yeah. Yeah, Duquesne. And um, one of my buddies, like my roommate was leaving the gym and I needed him to come back for something. I forget it. I don't know what it was, but he was taking longer than I expected. And he finally came back. Max Happel, by the way, shout out Max. Another Max. Um, <laughs> But, dude, he saw this this lady, like, struggling. Like, they'll come up to your cars and shit, or they'll mm-hmm. come up to you if you're walking back to campus or something. And this lady, like, came up to him, like, with a whole sob story and this and that about how she needed, like, she needed diapers for her kids, and she didn't have the money or the means to get them. Mm-hmm. And this dude, which I was, like, pissed at him for doing because it's a sketchy ass, but he let her into, like, she he picked her up in the car, like, invited her into his car, drove her, paid for the diapers she needed. And then drove her to where she needed to go and then came back to our house. And oh, this kid was always super nice, but I never thought he had that in it. Like, right. When he told me that, I was like, dude. Yeah, yeah. I, I was pissed at him because I was going to say, God forbid anything were to happen. Yeah, yeah. And like, I mean, yeah. How I think a lot of people would be kind of skeptical about yeah, that. Because it's, it's like, it's, you don't know this person. But look at that guy in power. It's a good thing. God sent to that lady if it was a true situation. It's understandable to agree. Like, healthy skepticism. Use your, use some common sense. Of course. But... And I like it's, it's, it's challenging to me because it's like if you don't do it, who who is? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? How many people walk past uh, that person and they Kendrick Lamar got a song? How much a dollar cost? And you really mm-hmm. got to think about the concept and the reality of that conversation. How many people walk past that individual like they're not a person? You know what I'm saying? And so that was with the sweater drive, giving somebody a. It's not like they get a lot of secondhand clothes. That's mm-hmm. part of what Chosen Three Hundred does. They they get clothes donated, people donate or they clothes give them back them, out. Yeah. But to have something that is exclusively theirs. Nobody else is one. This is yours. You know what I'm saying? And not to mention that on there, GNF is on there. You know what I mean? And and the message in the in, in the midst of their circumstances to hopefully carry a message of like encouragement and strength um, and faith. And then like on it, if you look at it, like it's kind of a not equal sign. And to a degree, you know what I'm saying? People, people do look at the homeless as as less than or not that's not equal yeah. to like you are we are not the same yeah, right, right. You know what i'm saying and whether that's your personal regardless of who you are there's somebody somewhere that views you 
as like just so different. But like what in the context of, of GNF, to be not equal is, is to be set apart. It's not about my means, my circumstances, my color, you know what I'm saying, my occupation. I'm set apart by my faith and that I'm not just talking about my faith. I'm not just listening to my faith. I'm executing on it, yeah. you know what I'm saying? In my yeah. mouth, you know what I'm saying? My, I, I don't necessarily always use the right words. I still curse and this and that. But, like, I try to be about the work when mm-hmm. it comes down to it. When I have an opportunity to be about the work, I'm going to be about the work. Yeah, you and, preach what you do. And, and that's what makes me... I can't imagine someone like those circumstances, especially, like, someone on the younger side. Hearing someone like you say this, like, stand up in front of that church and, you know, preach to them why you're here and what you're doing then at the end to be given like this thing that yeah. like that would be more like the the word like the bears like scenarios that you're keeping someone warm but like this this could transpire into something that might turn someone's life around and i don't want to sound like too corny because no, no, you just no, got on the question but if i heard, if i were to hear you preach about something like this and then how like we hear you we recognize you we see you that might in its own make someone I don't know, just get their shit together yeah. any way they can, you know. It's, you know, we talk about fighters. Humanity, fight. man. I like to tell people like take the everybody can't have a, a conversation in a religious context because there's too many mental blocks there. Mm-hmm. And I'll even say for whether you want to say religion, spirituality, whatever, everybody's not capable of having a discourse from that perspective. But take that out of it, man. And it's common and it's really uncommon, unfortunately, but human decency. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah. for me, like I'm not really religious, so for me, it's like morality. Yeah, yeah like, human decency. What can you like? Yeah, no, definitely. Just feeling the responsibility human. for your own kind yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. Um. So they to wrap this section up. Mm-hmm. So they have a church service. You prep food beforehand, so then you feed them, and mm-hmm. then you had X amount of seventy five. Seventy five. So. What you're saying? And what was the crowd like? Like, uh, so we there was probably right at. 75, 75 people okay. there. We had a. It was cold. That the day issue, too, the I challenge remember. was what I did. I um I fundraised for fifty sweaters. I partnered with some of my fraternity brothers. And um, they supplied the others. Shout out Robust DGLS. Uh, my brother David and Lorenzo. Um, they have a printing company. Sourced the sweaters. Where at? Print, uh, so there. They, David lives in he's in Tallahassee so based out of Tallahassee okay. but they're like split Boys operation from, right mm-hmm. from school so split operation the other half of the team is in Arizona so they split the job oh, um, so they're legit though mm-hmm. that's what's up and yeah, yeah. They, they they committed I said I'll fundraise for 50 appreciate that they fundraised I fundraised for 50 through GoFundMe yeah, that's all. Uh, so we talk about Nicktoons. Like I hand drew the flyer, and that was like my first step. We talk about the first step and like activate the faith. Have you done anything? Like I see your process through your story and yeah, yeah. social media, dude. Like you, you'll have like a hundred posts, and it'll just be like share the process. promoting, you know, mm-hmm. the guy, GNF promoting the Nicktoons, promoting just something yeah. you read in the article. And part of this documentation for me, man. So I, 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 I see that. I respect it because it gives us a little like preview into like what your where your mentality is. A big like, part of the, of, of the faith, man, is that first step and, and going into it with the vision of success already in mind and knowing like it's not going to fail. And that was my mentality with the sweater drop more than anything that I've ever done because it was like it's different than like I just got a cool idea. It was like I had a feeling like I'm gonna lose something if I don't act on this. 
because it's an idea I had, had before. That but the day that, that it came back to me, like, no, nah, do it, pull the trigger, it was just a different feeling, man. I can't say, like, it's nothing, like, everybody ain't going to understand it, but that's, like, a me and God thing. Yeah, like, I was yeah, gonna say before, yeah. told right. We, I want to get into like start promoting like we like to promote our guys, so I want to get into like what you're really focusing on. One hundred. But before I do that, oh, like, that's my problem, bro. I, I, I know, I know. Focus every time. Wrong, we run out of time. Focus then, is scattered in many ways, bro. Um, Ain't nothing wrong with that. But before we move on, I can you just tell me how you like felt after that first GNF foundation? Because it must have been I ran into you right at the end. I yeah, just missed it. Yeah, you got wow. it must have been like right. before like it was in the morning, it was a cold ass day, so now you know all these at least seventy five people are fed and wearing yeah. staying warm out there. To a degree. Did you feel like you were did you feel God with you? Did you feel in the moment, more so in the moment than after the fact. It is it's sensitive, man, because you while I was while I was in the room, the church service, like even just the the content of the church service, was very applicable yeah. to yeah. what I personally needed to hear from my life. Not to mention everything that was going on around me. Um, so this was almost therapeutic and for so, you. But as then you well get to a point, man. People. You talk about the different personalities that you're dealing with in there, right? Some people are grateful and happy and. And there's like happy to have it. Mm -hmm. Some people are frustrated because I don't necessarily have their size left, but I have something that they can fit, but it might not be the best. You know, they kind of some people giving you some lips. Some people like taking more, taking advantage of like, did I already give you one? Did I not give you one yet? Some people, and that's all happening. And so, in the midst of doing this, you know, what other people say is this great thing, my humanity is is trying to kick in too and be like. Are you trying like you know Yeah, you, you see the snakes in the yeah, grass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a, and yeah. like I hate to look at it like that, but it's like already being in a new place, you know, from where I'm from, yeah. Faster pace. Yeah. And, and then <laughs> this is a completely different community. Oh yeah, welcome well, to Philly, by the way. Yeah, we'll get whatever they yeah. need. Yeah, you, you understand? So, way, bro. so you, city, yeah, bro. I started city bro. I had to really fight against getting irritated upset or anything of that nature so when you so when we crossed paths after coming out i was already kind of a little tight because kind of heated. some of my other partners that i had invited to come out there and film and take pictures i had no documentation if anything yeah. i was hot because there was like i did this thing and i have no donors yeah, i have yeah. donors that gave me their money and i need to be able to show them that that's right i did, did what i said it. i was yeah. going to do yeah. and i have no way because i'm too i'm in it i'm too busy in it to do it myself you're running the show dude. and yeah. um so but at the yeah. end of the day i was like man the impact was the impact and it's probably more of a blessing that i don't got nothing to show for it because i was there i was there yeah. and now it's like i, I want to do it bigger now that's tough because you didn't do it for the cameras that it you wasn't didn't for show you do it. it and you certainly it. didn't do it to have these ungrateful assholes bitch over like who gets what and stuff so like yeah I would be a little upset too. That, yeah. Like you know, and even for it to, for it to be seen, and like really was more so. I wanted my boys. I wanted people to get a chance to experience the give back and the process because mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. was so many moments where the whole thing could have fell apart. Whether the sweaters wasn't supposed to get in until two days after the the, the yeah, distribution day, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And so they yeah, ended up yeah. getting there. It wasn't supposed to come in until Monday. The drive was Friday. on Sunday. They ended up coming. I was out of town. I came back home after, uh, and they was at my house on a Saturday, a day early. So I was able to package and prep everything up real nice. I might be the big man upstairs. I'm saying, bro, there was so many instances where it was like, oh, this is going to be the one that broke it. 
and like, <laughs> yeah. like by grace of God, man, it was just lined up and, and it happened. But um, yeah, so that, that's what that was, man. I, I want I'm gonna do it again, and blessings like after the aftershock of it is kind of still rolling in. I get pictures sent to me. People see um, my homeboy. Shout out Tay Garnett. Um, he's a Red Philly member as well. Mm-hmm. See so your um, boy that was there helping you with that. Uh, that was my. That's like. Almost my blood brother. We grew up together back home. That's who was helping me. So he, out there too. Hey, yo. he out there too. He came up from Virginia. He was visiting his sister for Christmas, and uh, I went and scooped him. And he like okay. kept it with me for the weekend That's to, to do that. Yeah, yeah. But um, I get pictures of people in the sweaters. You know what I'm saying? Somebody he saw one of them in the mall here, like downstairs, like near the train right. station or whatever. No, this was probably like two weeks after. Okay. And then it's uh, probably another three weeks after that. Send me a message like, bro, I seen somebody else in a GNF sweater, bro. Like, you like you did that, bro. Like, impact, yeah, right, you right. Did yeah, that, that's what's that, up. So that's why I was curious and that's, about how that's you felt afterwards. That, so that part right there, seeing like I didn't get the to get the to capture it in the moment. Yeah. But seeing the impact after that. And also fact, I feel responsible because I, you know, ah, I told bro. you I was gonna come and I showed ah, up bro. as you were leaving. <laughs> because you gotta I understand, have my camera. That's part of like it, I could dwell on that. I could be mad about that. Yeah. But that would be counterintuitive to like my philosophy. And if it didn't, future, if I do it didn't want shake like them. that, it's because yeah. it wasn't supposed to shake like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? In the future, I want you to call me out if you are pissed. But at the same time, it was maybe a blessing in disguise because you didn't have any reason to do what you yeah. did other than the goodness of your heart at that point and because so you didn't have anything else but it's all providing love, value to these and people, then like even just to have value. this platform now for us to be having this conversation i know we had talked about it ahead of time yeah. but ain't no telling how like you might have something could have went left if yeah. you would have showed up there yeah, right. <laughs> like, we might not be having this conversation right now <laughs> so, yo kind of quickly though i know we run out of time yeah. i just wanted to ask you though where do you see this where do you envision gnf going like, I'm guessing the sky's the limit, right? Man, it is. It is. <laughs> all right, uh, all right. What I'll say, and this is just to put things into context, when I, so the, I'm driving to Charlotte to go see my fiance, like the day that this whole like revelation situation happened. Congrats again, Bob. Appreciate that. And um, I had a moment where, like, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, there's <laughs> more I'll talk about when we cut the camera, we cut the bikes off. I'm sorry. But, like, I'm thinking about it, and so the idea hits me, like, I gotta do the job. I'm gonna do the sweater drop. I'm finally gonna do it. And I, I'm driving, and that's like an eight-hour ride. I'm driving through the middle of the night, but I start calling people, right? I'm calling my boys to tell them, like, hey, this is the mission. Like, this is what we're going to do. And, you, need to do that you know, one of my boys picked up, and my cousin, I called my cousin, who's my business partner and another one of my endeavors. Mm-hmm. And um, and I was just like, I'm hyped. Like, I'm on 10, and mm-hmm. it's like, three, it's, probably like <laughs> it's probably like 2 in the morning. He's like, and he'd be working crazy hours, but I'm talking to him. He stayed up and listened to me talk about it. And, and like over the course of that week, I was calling my boys and I'm like, I'm like thinking up here. I'm like, bro, I'm going to raise a million dollars. I'm going to raise. And I, I meant it. I meant every word yeah. of it because I'm like, whatever I do, I can't, can't lose. It's not going to lose. I feel that in my spirit. It's not going to lose. And, and if um, you know you're doing it for a good cause, like he, you'll have the yeah, peace to it. So I'm like, know? First call, I'm like a million dollars, and like you know, the second call, I'm one of my one of my like more like analytical homies, like man, like why don't we tamp it down? So like, I was like, fine, fine, bro, hundred k, hundred k, we can do it. We got one month, we got one month, we can do it. We just got to beat the street. We got to make these phone calls, and then uh, it ended up I was like ten k, all right, ten k, I can do ten k. 
And then, so like after conversation, I talked to my mom. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Love my mom, and uh, like we got it down to like something that I could. Extremely do. I didn't necessarily have no workforce. It was just me making the calls. It was me sending the text messages. Me doing the GoFundMe. Set the the fundraising goal of a thousand dollars. Yeah, I'm sure you had support, but it, yeah, and it was you making that. So, so I'm gonna put this on record so that I follow through. Where I see in the future, I've already had like a couple of legal conversations around becoming a registered five hundred one c three. That would be the responsible thing to do is establish establish uh, a legal right. holding to yeah. to do this. That opens me up to more donor situations. More opportunities. It gives me a means to, to do things Expand and everything. Um, yeah. in a more legit right. way. You know what I mean? And so you, I, you I received a call from a, uh, sure. an acquaintance of mine that currently manages a hedge fund who's interested in working with me. Um, shout out to Troy. Much appreciated. God bless you. Um, so there's there's this opportunity. The blessings are going to keep rolling in. It's about me to do the work to be able to receive, like what I was saying before. You can want, I can want that million dollars worth of funds, but do I have the setup and yeah. infrastructure to distribute and make the impact once I get it? I forbid you fell into that mill, dude. Right. I, doubt, right. I doubt you would know even the right distribution. So, yeah, so, putting myself in position to do that, and that's with all of the stuff I got going on. Yo, I know we've like danced around it through a conversation, but like GNF is like the philanthropic arm of, of what I what I want to do with mm-hmm. my world right now. Right. Um, artistically, Nicktoons Nicktoon. started like, so you talk about what brought me out here, my job, I got a cool computer that I always wanted. I got a Surface Pro for my work Google computer. Them, yeah. So oh, like, I used to take art breaks at my old job and that turned into <coughs> making like 150 yeah. random characters. But now I was drawing those on gum wrappers at my desk. Now I got oh, this, this like I computer that I can draw straight onto. So I start making... Like I take art breaks and I ended up making some characters there and people, like to my surprise, like really was rocking with them. So I was say you made our logo, bro. That, just like, that had me just it. keep going, that's keep bit, going. Our, so our first expense at the Dobby and podcast was uh, Nick Toons. Yeah, Nick Toons shooting out. Uh, you know, just logo, like, yo. <laughs> what was it? We, we were just really like shooting the shit and asking like, what kind of shit you do with this. For a custom logo, me and Mario for the Dobby Empire. Yeah, we trying to get it for the low too. <laughs> we, I was nervous as hell because like your your art is so creative and so funny, Bro. and the colors are so beautiful. But yeah. it's all like it's, it's like goofy characters. I was afraid. <laughs> Bro, I, I had to tell him, yo. Like I told him, I was like, Bro, like this is the first iteration, like. He knows what he's doing, bro. Right? <laughs> yeah, he it's a simple. You gave me that bro. feedback, man. You I gave, gave you. I gave you the process. Feedback. I was like, I gave it to him. I was like, bro, like he know what he's doing. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't freak one. out like that, by the way. I was like, that's why I love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bro, I'm not gonna lie to you. I generally that's why I make my own characters. I create my own stuff because, like, as an artist, I genuinely am extremely uncomfortable with doing portraits because yeah. I'm not. That's why that we I can like make a true to life. Like you know, yeah, yeah. Of you a sketch, you see somebody right there, and you draw. Because like yeah, my, yeah. my lady gets on me all the time about this. Like I might make a doodle of her or something. Oh. It don't look like me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't feel the combat though. The final product was fucking unbelievable. I appreciate. Yeah, it. I, I want that on a big. Like I said, I understood now. the process. Like that's yeah, the first appreciate you don't get the feedback and you make improvements as you go along. Like I. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, within, it's within yeah. my style and trying to get people comfortable with like, yes, I'll do a logo for you, but understand that it's going to be As within, artist, yeah. within the confines of my artistic yeah. style, Fact. you know? Yeah. And that's in the end, it, 
worked out perfectly because yeah. it has, it has that was your my first friend, client, your friend I mean, second that, client, yeah. but I, I my first yeah, client bro. like in the Philly area, so I appreciate the opportunity. Well, it has like your dope ass creative, you know, album <laughs> in it, like, but it's called, yeah. it's like us on it. So I didn't know how you would be able to do it, but it came out fucking perfect. The challenges that I've gotten for the commissions that I've done, and I haven't done many, but it always stretches me outside of my like comfort pocket zone. my comfort yeah. zone and that forces me to develop as an artist so i appreciate that yeah, yeah. so i was just thinking about this as we were just talking so i feel like gnf is almost like your mission almost your purpose mm-hmm. more more or less in life if not just you know, your religious hallow 100 percent your creative pursuits are come from nicktoons which mm-hmm. is what is, would you consider a company or um, it's probably more like a freelance side gig freelance. it's, it's, what it's, it's side gig little... now so we talk about vision right we yeah. talk about vision now, I'll say this because I know I'm going to go back and listen to it and one day like down the line when all this has come to pass I'll be like, My, I said <laughs> don't act like yeah. I ain't said what's going to happen <laughs> do it, it now it was February 1st 2020 bro. Yeah. with the Diving In podcast yeah. with yeah. Mario and Max but like be twenty thirty two. My my on my Instagram bio, right? And this is it's been this way for years. I have philanthropy in my Instagram bio long before I ever did anything philanthropic. Like this GNS Twitter job was my first mm-hmm. philanthropic effort. Um, but you have the mindset. Art, food. I work in agriculture, and I also like have my own food business where I, I serve food as well. It's for just, real? I've been on hiatus from that because I've been moving around so much. Like, yeah, from you always you live a dream, bro. Like, you, I think everybody should inspire to be like, yeah. bro. Like, so for, for me, if I put it all into perspective and all of these things in the ideal situation impact their touch or shift culture and, and people's thought process. So I have my food business. That's just something I do out of passion because I enjoy making that product. Food, um, yeah. I have business aspirations in the agricultural field and that's my con- that'll be my contribution towards public health okay and, and I see that more as like a means so, you know mm-hmm. you got your other things mm-hmm. across the, then I, I Nicktoons will be a factor within a larger media company and in a perfect Dang. world like I'm all about collaboration yeah um, so creating a space for well, other, other creatives to Yo. To have a platform or to have an outlet or to have the means to get their yeah. stuff out. So you, you thought all this through. Like, yeah, that's what it seems yeah, like. You really thought all this through. 100%. Because yeah, that's how, like, creative outlet, like, creative, like, everyone has a creative side to them. And that's how you could really, like, start putting your work yeah. out there is if, like, because we all have large aspirations. Perspective is everything. Man. But as a photographer, my initial goals are like, I want to make my own page and get like this photography out there and kind of build it up to a point. And same idea with this podcast. Mm-hmm. So the point where it'll be pieces of the puzzle to a wider, you know, media content yes, sir. situation where my end goal is to build this, whatever the name of this thing is going to be. Yeah. Build it up to the point where, you know, I can cover what stories I find out that people need to know about when i first met y'all that's what jumped off the page to me and why you know beyond beyond being a pleasure to be here like i respect what you all do because i see vision within what you all do i told you when i seen your photos like your approach to that is different than what i see people doing you're like the first positive feedback (laughs) that's what's up bro you're talented i'll say yeah and the same to you we had a conversation about marketing marketing mindset on, on marketing and he like, grinds from a school perspective, that's 
how I digest everything is from a market like marketing. How is this message being portrayed, be portrayed, and broadcast? Right, that's, how people that's important. Yeah. It, you know what I'm saying? Behind behind the message, so like, those conversations. When I said like, no, I'm gonna stay in touch with y'all. I <laughs> met everybody. Yeah, yeah. I, I try I, in my in my age as I've aged, I've tried to like be more sparing and deliberate with certain levels of feedback so that I'm not just saying shit to say it. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? So when I said that stuff, I'm 100%. Because there's a beyond, there's too much of that shit. I'm 100%. Everybody's saying something and not following And, and yeah. so all of those things will funnel into GNF because that's kind of going to be the guiding philosophies and principles to a degree behind what I do. Like, right. do I plan to be like... I mean, you know, there's only been one Jesus. You feel me? So like, I, can't, I can't be Jesus. I can, I can try nah, to be like him. Right. I can try to, to be, be like. Yeah, I, that's yeah. like my inspiration. You know right, what I'm saying? I'd right. rather say like, you know, Kobe, MJ. You know what I'm saying? People look, basketball players look up to him. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to have significant impact with I the time should. I got while I'm mm-hmm. here. Right. And I think everybody, but you guys are you always show for that, man. Doing it with a level of integrity. Doing it with a level of moral character. Yeah. Um. That's that is is becoming increasingly hard to come by. And as we grow together Bro, throughout the years, man. people are going to start picking up and recognize yeah. what you're doing, whether it's through your own pursuits or through our podcast or whatever other means. People are going to grow up with us and see you, see us as role models in the community that they can reach yeah. out to and they can uh-huh. do what they want to do. Yeah, and I mean, um, I think that's the point too. Like, I think everybody should aspire to be the greatest person that he can 100%. be. Like, why not? Why can't you? And, and beyond and. Last and I don't know. I might not be the last thing I say, but what's I feel like it's it's <laughs> critical to say. Like I went back. Like every now and then, you write stuff down, right? Tell them mm-hmm. write your vision, make it plain. That's good. But every now and then, like going back and reading some of the old stuff I wrote, and and what I said yeah. was going to happen, and what I said I wanted to do, how I perceived my purpose, and reading it down the line. Um, one of my first assignments when I went to college was like it asked me to write about like why are you here? Like yeah. why are you here? Not here at school. Like why are you? It's one of those like freshman Earth. Like, why, why are you here? That's crazy. And like my how I describe you had to make a mission statement, right? And mm-hmm. like my mission statement was to have a positive impact on as many people as possible. Everybody around you, yeah. Period. And I try to walk that on the day to day. So like, yeah, I'm gonna say some nice shit about your your work because it's nice, bro. Like <laughs> like and if I don't have anything nice to say, I'm not gonna say nothing at all. You know what I'm saying? That's and so like I try to be a positive, optimistic person and like like yeah, I told about the depression thing, like I still deal with like it ain't always sunshine and roses all the time. But it's important for when I interact with too. others, yeah. If I can I don't want to throw my my cloud over your yeah, yeah, I think about, yo, I think about that saying? all the time. Like, yeah, like if yeah. I can be a positive impact on people, man, I'm, that's a that's a gift to me. A lot of times that helps pull me out of my stuff when I am not doing the best. And that's something I can say, like, when I die, that's something I can stay You can be proud of, right? right. Sitting across for you right now, proud. like, I hear it in your voice. I see in your eyes. Like, you're genuine. You're real. Like, you're real about what you see in your vision, what you're working on. You're just a good ass influence for people. I appreciate it. Like you're gonna, people are gonna look up to you. I, where we? I'll say I'm already looking up to you. That's the thing. It's just like the same fucking age, pretty much. That's challenging, bro. Because like I don't. Everybody I ever looked up to, ex like that was a peer. They didn't let me down, but like they let themselves down to a degree. Like you know what I mean? And so like it's challenging to me 
to be like the person people look up to, you know? Yeah. Cause like my little, I got a little brother and all his friends. Like I, I was like the babysitter. You feel me? Yeah. So like, there's a lot of people that probably do look up to me and like in many ways I do what I do and there's try to carry myself how I yeah, do the right way yeah. because I know folks is watching. Mm-hmm. But boy, like I just remember how it felt for me when I found out like so and so did what? Like no, like not like. Yeah. My little young mind, like, <laughs> couldn't comprehend, like, how that yeah. could happen. And so, like, I think about all the stuff I claim and all the stuff I talk about, and that's why it's almost, like, spooky for me to, like, be on here yeah. sharing all this. Because now, be now, I, now I put it out there, like, that this is who yeah. I am and this is what I stand on. And there's going to come a time where, like, somebody might call me to the table, like, well, you said all this stuff about Jesus. And yeah. Over here. We have records of you. You said you're a star athlete. And that kind of goes yeah. right now. I mean, nobody in this world is perfect. Like, yeah. we all have temptations. We all have issues. So, you know, we were saying, like, nobody's there, perfect. There's yeah. like that one Jesus character. You know, there's just one. There's just one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> if they were to do that Jesus character, like, if I were to like have one manifested from what I want, I would want that person to be arrested. I would want them to be, gotta be real. go through that depression that everyone goes see through. Really I want about. them to be a real ass person yeah, yeah, yeah. Really and about. still come out and still come out greater on the other side. Yeah, I yeah. think I'll say but keep it like people make like faith so unrelatable. They make it so unrelatable. Like put it in context Jesus was hanging out with thugs and prostitutes. <laughs> he was hanging out with like some real, yeah, some real yeah, people related to live some real lives. You know what I'm saying? Real, he got homeboys like putting swords on people. You know what I'm saying? Cutting on people and whatnot. So like, you just gotta understand. People say stuff like "You are the company you keep," and that's true to a degree if you allow your company to influence you negatively. You know what I'm saying? It's on the other end of that, you can influence your company. So you know, be an influence people, people. Like, positive, positive. All right. We usually just like to open up the floor to our guests at the end. Mm-hmm. It could be 30, 60 seconds. It's really up to you, okay. but promote yourself, promote your mission, promote whatever the fuck you want. It's your stage right now. Honey, okay, 30 seconds. Okay, so, man, let me tell you about myself real quick, just because there's so much we didn't touch on. 2020, what can we expect from Nick Miller? Uh, Man, I come out here and wreck it and mess around with these microphones and do this little bit of music thing, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm working on being more uh, affirmative when I talk about the stuff I do. So I challenge other people. If you if you make art, you are an artist. Call yourself an artist. Don't just say, like, oh, these are my little doodles. These are my drawings. Like, be a little bit more affirmative about what you do. Say, so, yeah. you know, I've always liked music. I've always loved music. So I'm working on being able to be affirmed about calling myself a musician in that, in that regard. To speak it into existence. Um, being a, a visual artist in that regard, an entrepreneur, and taking my personal businesses more seriously, uh, a successful cook in, in my food business. I'm an agricultural professional in my day job. And so taking these things and creating a pathway for, for myself to be financially secure outside of my corporate work and, and that's something i challenge everybody to, to create a vision for yourself take action take action talking is cool writing is cool but take action towards the direction you're trying to go so a house ain't built but brick by brick at a time so each of those steps is going to eventually add up to something you can live in shelter yourself with that's how i see it 
that's how I'm gonna pursue it. Hopefully, next time y'all hear from me, the stuff I'm talking Don't about will be in your face. God <laughs> never fails. That's what I think. You ain't gotta believe it, but I'm gonna show you that it works. Blah blah blah. My God, man. Yeah. Man, thank you so much. Appreciate this is fucking great, bro. Always up. Yeah. Yo, guys. Yes, yeah, it's a wrap, guys. Yo, I ain't gonna hold you. I guys, guys, kind of draw like that. They're wasting their time. Yeah, yeah, I truthfully thought you guys left. That's why I didn't even check. Okay. Yeah, they, yeah, have, nine, they got a 9.30 session, right? Um, 9.30. It's 9.24? Yeah, but like, you know, they got to set up cameras and stuff. Yeah, but well, we don't know. We'll be up. All right. Um, yeah. Just. The, the heat of this on? I mean, that, that's on me. I'll take the heat on you. Know, talk to, like, we can talk about it. I'm just saying, like, if I would have had it, I feel, I feel what you're saying, but I didn't been here enough times mm -hmm. to know like I respect that we went over our time mm -hmm. but I also respect that you can't get in the room before your time yes and that is true but, but there's like prep time for that yeah, yeah, I, 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 I respect I, that but